Hi, I'm Dan Krinas, host of the Leader of Learning podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking with Dr. Brian P. Simon. He's the author of The Real Estate Journey from Dreaming and Home Buying to Realty and Entrepreneurship. Hey, Brian's written an incredible book for everyone who has ever dreamed of starting a business or buying a home. Lots to learn today, lots to think about. By the way, don't forget to share and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Dr. Brian P. Simon is a serial entrepreneur specializing in real estate marketing, advertising, land acquisition, new construction, and mortgage advisory. He is also the author of a new book, The Real Estate Journey, From Dreaming and Home Buying to Realty and Entrepreneurship, published just this October 2019. Dr. Simon, who also owns a little company, Lender's Title, a full-service branding studio, Simon Studios, a real estate firm, Fit Realty, and a home-building company, Custom Homes of Virginia, now helps others embrace the entrepreneurial spirit and shows them how to be successful at whatever passion they pursue. His business leadership and communication skills were honed while serving as the academic dean at Tidewater Bible College and adjunct professor at Regent University School of Divinity and as an ordained minister. He earned a Bachelor of Science from Fairmont State University, majoring in business management. His Master of Arts in Church History and Doctrine was earned at Regent University. His doctorate in ministry with an emphasis on leadership training was earned at Regent University as well. He resides in Suffolk, Virginia with his family. He enjoys fishing with his son, hunting, and lockdown Netflix binges with his wife. I love that. <laughs> he also thoroughly enjoys staying current on the latest technology. Brian, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. And Stephen, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us. And uh, you know, I, I can't wait to start asking questions. I love your book, The Real Estate Journey. It's, it's right on. I think my audience is going to find out at the beginning here, they might be going, where's Steve going with this? But I think they're going to figure that out as soon as we get in these first questions. But uh, before I say anything else, I definitely can't start without asking this. So what do you like to binge watch on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, my wife and I are not afraid of scary things. We like funny, scary. It all depends on the mood. We did just finish the new season of Peaky Blinders. That was, that was pretty well put together. Ah. Uh, so that <laughs> I've heard a lot about that one. I haven't watched that one yet. I've, I've binge watched a few others like Stranger Things and a couple of Oh, that others. was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> the, uh, um, but uh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that one yet. So I got to, I keep hearing about that one. So it, it's a good one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if you can handle it, it's a little heavy, you know, a little intense. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, I, I was curious about that when I saw that. So good stuff. So let, let's go ahead and get into your book and uh, the real estate journey from dreaming and home buying to reality and entrepreneurship. And I have to start with something that you talk about in the introduction. You say this, I love solving problems. I also get bored easily, which leads me on a continual journey to find a new problem to solve. Could you talk about what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was, I think it was very early in my 20s um, that I started to realize that solving a problem based on the problem that you solve is typically how much you get paid for, pro you know, that 
solving that problem. And I, you know, I started to, you know, was buying and selling uh, cars with a mentor who was actually initially my more elementary principal. Uh, but he started to mentor me later in life and, uh, you know, buying and selling cars uh, right out of my yard as a high school student. Uh, and then other things I sold, uh, you know, everything from Swiss army knives uh, to the, you know, just random little things like I throw out in the book. And, and that experience helped me to realize, you know, just as my dad was solving plumbing problems with his plumbing company, you know, that I needed to decide what problems am I going to solve? And then how will I be paid for solving those problems? Uh, but over time, I have definitely found that my personality leans towards one who likes to start things, pour myself into that, uh, create the structure, the systems. But I don't tend to be the person who, I, who wants to be there year over year managing every single day, the day in and the day out. Um, and I find myself getting very bored. It's something I have to work on so that I, you know, I need to stay focused on the core of what matters to my companies. Uh, but I have been able to empower uh, great managers and partners and leaders around me so that uh, I can kind of move on to solving the next part of the pro, you know, the, of the things that I can solve now, mostly within my own companies. You know, like if we need more real estate leads, that's a problem I need to solve so that my real estate agents will be excited to be at my company if they don't have a, their own business in place. That's excellent. And I, and I, and one of the things that's really cool in that chapter is that you get into, I mean, you really started selling early ages at your at early, some of the earliest of ages. I, I think so cool. You had a lot going on over the time. The, uh, um, do you have one very fond memory of you know, something that you took on as a, as a kid? I mean, for me, it, when I, I had a newspaper route and my, uh, I would walk those hills of West Virginia, you know, I was raised on a side of a little country hill and that newspaper route taught me that building relationships with the people on my route would open up all types of opportunities like, uh, Hey, would you like to, uh, power wash my deck? Hey, would you like to cut my grass? So next thing you know, my paper route turned into a, uh, you know, a full blown little business, uh, for part of my college savings. So. That's what I love reading your stories and you just, you see the, the different, the, as you're progressing and what you're doing and it, it's kind of becoming a little more intricate and, and, uh, a lot more successful, which is really cool. So good stuff. So, you know, it, Let's, let's get into the book in, in chapter one. And I love the titles of your chapters and uh, you know, listeners, as we move forward, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the first one, chapter one, unless the mind can conceive and believe it can never achieve is focused on getting the reader to think about making dreams a reality. Early in this chapter, you say your imagination is a place to begin. Imagination is the catalyst of possibility. What do you mean? For me through that, different seasons of my journey. And particularly when I got to Regent University and was uh, in my master's and doctorate courses, I had started to take these coach coaching and leadership training classes, which I just absolutely fell in love with. And I realized through that season that I had a lot of pent up dreams and hopes and and that I was, uh, I was not giving myself permission to dream from the heart. 
And that was a big aha moment and also ongoing aha moments as I began to unpack that and really came to the realization and belief that everybody has the DNA within them to have a creative spark of uh, the ability to dream of what is feels beyond what they uh, where they are now, what they can achieve now. Um, and so as I began to really let myself dream with the unrefined hopes, that's where it all begins. Uh, and then overcoming the dream busters that pop up that many times stop us uh, from giving ourselves permission to dream. Uh, whether that's, I don't have enough education. You know, my dad failed in his business. I wouldn't want to take that risk you know, these various dream busters, but then turning those dreams into smart goals and action, actionable goals. Uh, so that's why I say it all starts with a dream because, you know, where we, you know, particularly my home building partner, Kenton McClung with Custom Homes of Virginia, you know, had we not been willing to dream of a home building company that had this beautiful product and, and, uh, a person going through the buying process would have a wonderful experience. It took us years to achieve that dream, you know, and the market crash didn't help, but you know, back in 08, as soon as we got started, but you know, out, out, you know, but it was something that took years for us to get the business to the place of our dream. You know, one of the things that I love that you get into in that chapter is the fact that there are forces that may try and stop you or get in your way. And like you just mentioned, you had to, you, you start a business right in the time when the economy goes sour and the, uh, it, but some of what you're referring to are just us period that, that we may have our, you know, internal voices that say we can't do this or whatever. Can you just comment on that just a little bit? Yeah, for me, I realize that some people don't struggle with it as much as I do, but it is something that I have. I I, I tend to um, continually move my my mind will go to the negative unless I work on it intentionally and press it towards the positive. Um, and so, my understanding of myself, I have had to intentionally, continually encourage myself push myself, um, you know, and surround myself with people who will, uh, you know, they're not always going to encourage me and not always going to, you know, these things, like I say in the book, you know, you have to, you have to wake up on your own, look in the mirror and say, today I'm going to go and do it. Uh, but it is, it's a powerful thing to realize that we, uh, can control our minds and what's happening in our minds drifts down to our emotions uh, and our emotions. And that's what be, then begins to cause us to make decisions. And so by knowing that I, I talk about how important it is to, to focus on your mind, the mind game of the entrepreneurship journey. I love it. I love it. it the, it, the real estate journey gives advice on becoming an entrepreneur, buying a home and becoming a real estate agent and or investor. Could you share a little bit about who should read your book? You know, because it's such a personal story for me throughout the book, and I weave parts of that in, and the theme of it really at its core is not as much even just real estate, even though most of the book is real estate, right? You know, but it, it's about the journey. It's overcoming the obstacles, the challenges, 
uh, knowing that when fear comes in, that you have two choices. You can freeze in fear or you can press forward with confidence. Um, and that is what happens as people begin the entrepreneurial journey so many times. They lose energy, you know, right out of the gate within just a few months. Uh, they begin, you know, they, and that lack of energy, uh, many times when fear comes in, all of a sudden they freeze. And that's what I try to encourage all business people is that you have to press forward, explore your options. By exploring your options, you can see opportunities within each situation that you didn't see existed out of the gate. And I love that about your book because it's, it's really, there's so much to it that is about if you're, if you got this thought and you're thinking that this is something you'd like to try or do or achieve, you're going to have these voices, other things you're going to tell yourself, you may not be successful at it. What if I fail? Blah, 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 blah. And there may be other people say, you're crazy, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, and it's all about, you really do a great job of putting, helping someone say, put that aside and go after it, man. Just say, today's the day I'm going to do it. Yeah. Looking back over my last 18 years of real business building, you know, more so than when I was a kid and playing and, you know, get my <laughs> beginning, uh, you know, but in the real business building, there's not been a single move I've made without having fear and, 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 you know, what's going to happen? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, you know, and had, had me and my partners and, uh, and my staff not pressed, you know, and said, you know, we've looked at our options. We, we decide this is the course we want to take. And then we got to go and do it and, and measure the results as we go. Um, and, and that it really is, it's, it's, it's wonderful to watch. Uh, as I see real estate agents who come into our brokerage, because to me, real estate agents are entrepreneurs and they're independent contractors growing their business. And, and so many will come and, and with dreams and some will succeed and some will fail. And watching that happen for the last 15 years is part of, you know, I'm like, I want people to succeed when they step out because so many fail only because of the mind game. It's, it was the mind game that gets them in their first particularly their first year. I can so imagine that, you know, um, let, let's move a little forward. Cause I'm going to come back to that fear and so forth in just a few minutes and taking a risk. Uh, chapter two, connecting to your give a damn, becoming an entrepreneur is an awesome read. In the beginning, you say this, I realized that nobody, no parent, no friend, and no mentor was going to succeed for me. Can you share a little bit about what your point is here? I think there was, you know, like I talk about in the book, when I was a young man, you know, elementary, high school, um, I just, I did not have, I was not a driven, motivated person, you know, at least in the, in the way that I saw people who were going to academically succeed. Uh, and even my parents, as much as they love me, they had accepted that I was a C student. <laughs> my, that my, they would celebrate my C like they would celebrate my sister's A. <laughs> you know, it was like the same thing. Um, and so my, my dad would, would say, hey, you know, if, you, you know, if you, you're going to go to college, you know, is what you're, you know, you've decided that you're going to go do. And if it doesn't work out, you can come here and dig ditches and you can, you can use like you've been doing. You could clean sewers at my plumbing company. You can work 
or you can go to school and actually do it right, you know, <laughs> and, and it, but it didn't settle in. It was something that was, it was about it a year into my college and I had worked very hard uh, in my first year, but I was catching up from not hardly paying attention through my high school years. And, and so some point during that, that first year, I realized that it was, that it was my, that nobody was going to do it. I would call a mentor and I would call, you know, and I would look for people to, you know, give me the energy. Like I would call and try to, you know, want people to pump up my tire, you know, and, a, and a, a mature person, we can't always look to others to pump our tire. We have to be able to pump our own tire, especially as a, you know, business owner, like I am now, if I'm not, if I can't wake up and pump my own tire, I'm in trouble some days. Uh, you know, so there was a point where I, I just, I realized that I was the only one who was going to make every decision every day and sow the good seeds that would bring a good result down the road. And over the next three to four years of my life, it was, I just had become so impassioned with going to, to places that I didn't even know where I was going to go. I was just excited about, I'm going to make my life different than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm going to pour myself into it. And I started to become more of an A student and I fell in love with education and learning. And I was so excited to move to Regent University, you know, in Virginia beach to get my master's. And then, uh, I was excited to roll right into my doctorate. Um, and so it was that whole experience was a constant passion from the point that I connected to my give a damn. And I, and that's something that I've had to reconnect over the years, you know, and, and say, why am I doing this business? Cause some of the businesses I'm in are very high risk, you know, high lawsuit prone, yeah. high, uh, dependent on banking, you know, very much in some ways, you know, so it's, it is, a uh, it's a continual journey, but that that's, that's where I, it all began with that. And I love that chapter. I mean, it just, you, you get into that and by the way, your story about uh, the grades and the transition as you, as you do start realizing you got to give a damn. <laughs> and I, I just, I love that whole um, section in there where you, uh, where you talk about that, but uh, um, thank you so much for talking about that. Cause it's, it's so um, poignant, I think, to to your story and to your book, The Real Estate Journey. You know, many teachers and administrators may find themselves dreaming of starting a business of their own. In, in chapter two, you have a section called Action Plan to Be an Entrepreneur. Could you share a little about this section? Absolutely. You know, it's, I talk, I have several, you know, points throughout that book, but calling upon your personal traits, you know, it's like looking at what, where is my talent? What are the problems that I can solve with my talent, with my interest, with my passion, um, or a unique opportunity, you know, that, uh, you just happen to know something that there's a great need, uh, and you could, uh, you could fill that need with something. Um, but nurturing those business skills, becoming someone who is continually reading about the industry that you think you want to get into is very helpful. You know, uh, like in my, real estate industry, there's things constantly changing. And so following the key news and the key information so that you can predict what is coming down the road, which is so important over time. You know, if technology is wiping out a portion of, of business and industry, 
across a country, you can either be on the side that gets wiped out or you can figure out how to be a part of that technology revolution. Um, and so, and then selling yourself, you know, it's, it's like when you choose to, you say, I am going to, you know, start a business. You have your smart goals, your specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time specific goals, uh, which we go through in the book. Um, you know, and you have your smart goals, you, you have to sell yourself. And it's, it's almost like, uh, back in church history, when I was studying back in the day, I was always so impressed with some of the guys who started huge movements over history. Uh, and those people were so impassioned with, with what was inflamed inside of them. Uh, and so for me, when I, looked at those stories and then I dove into real estate, it was natural to begin to apply that. So that's, man, I've got a logo on my shirt, a logo on my hat. My partner in the home building company has a tattoo on his arm that says confident expectation of good. Uh, and it has the company logo of our home building company, you know, and that's maybe taking it a little far, you know, <laughs> a little further than maybe I will. But, uh, but, that shows the heart and passion of what we are in love with the reality that we had a dream. We laid out goals year over year. We evaluate those goals. And now as we uh, walk out those realities, even with the hard times, you know, holding to that same initial fire and passion that you have when you started, you know, cause you're your best, uh, you know, best evangelist of your brand. You are your brand advocate. Uh, nobody's going to care about your brand more than you. That's awesome. And that's, you know, and it's, it's something that in this whole section right here, you, you really get into this idea of how to, how to start putting that plan into, into, uh, into operation, into, uh, um, just to make it happen, you know, so taking it from that idea and putting it in, in, into, uh, um, pushing that start button. And, and I think that's so cool. The, uh, you know, as we move forward here, there's one of the things I want to point out to my listeners is that there's so much here, depending on what you are uh, focused on everything from, uh, you know, that encouragement to take risks to the, uh, um, to setting a plan to achieve that dream that you started thinking about, um, like o opening, starting your own business and, and to also uh, owning a home, you know, chapter three, and here's one of those awesome titles again, <laughs> no perfect spouse, no perfect house, buying your first home. Um, love, love this title. And many teachers, especially teachers who've just started their professional journey are looking to buy their first home. Why should they read this chapter? You know, just like starting a business, when you go to buy your first home, you want to explore your options, you know, and that's what I tried to kind of expand people's minds on what are your options and every region has different options, you know? So like in many regions you have, a, you have custom builders who will customize and build a home on any piece of land, you know, anywhere in their region uh, for, you know, for a, a consumer. And they don't a lot of times realize that. And being a custom builder, my partner and I have realized that a lot of people don't even know they could do that. Uh, but I also talk about the other ways. You got your resale homes, your uh, new construction that are standing inventory. And I go through some of the, here are the pros and cons of this. Here are the pros and cons of that. Here are the pros and cons. You know, and it's, it's really 
important when you go to take that first step, the, the no perfect house, no perfect spouse. You know, anybody who waits to find the perfect human to get married is likely going to die without a spouse. And so you, and we have to accept that we are not perfect and every house will have, uh, have some imperfections. And that's beginning the door of entering into uh, real estate ownership is such a big part, you know, the foundation of wealth historically so many you know, so much of it is uh, based on real estate and the equity that can be built in the home as you're paying down your mortgage rather than renting. Um, and then the money you can make as you begin to accumulate small rental properties and things like that along the way, creating a security for your income that's not dependent on the stock market. Uh, people always have a, they always need to live somewhere, you know, and so. Um, you know, owning property, you have something that is real. And that's what a lot of people, uh, you know, nowadays are not fully realizing the value of ownership. It's, it's so, um, just so awesome right there. And this chapter just really speaks to a large portion of my audience because, you know, we, we get into sometimes just, uh, we think that it might be easier to rent or it might be inexpensive or something like this, or just, you know, whatever the, the reason why we might have in the back of our mind about not buying. And you really, you really do a good job of explaining the process and it's awesome. And, uh, I, and I like that chapter a lot. So, uh, kudos on that chapter. But if any chapter is my favorite, <laughs> I'm going to go to straight to chapter five and, and way beyond just the title. Cause the title is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, keeping and growing the money you earn. And this is so powerful. What a powerful chapter. Could you talk a little bit about determining a budget? Because this is, this is just a one aspect of what's in this. And I know many of my educator friends would really benefit from this. Yeah. You know, financially, like I talk about in the book is like, if your finances are not in order, then you will just not feel uh, quite right. You know, when your finances are in disarray and not clear, um, or just messy, you know, it is, it affects you. It affects your, uh, relationships. It affects your mental energy at work, uh, those types of things. So, so laying that reality it, that my being in charge of my finances, being aware, uh, is the beginning, you know, laying out what are my actual payments on each thing. And so that's what with the worksheets in that way, you know, laying out, this is where I really am now. And that's where it starts. And a lot of people are a little bit afraid to do that. They, you know, they know they're paying on their car. They don't remember the interest rate. Maybe it's a great one. Maybe it's terrible. You know, it could be costing them, uh, you know, 300 a month of interest and they, they are scared to look at it, you know, but it's so it's like the elephant, you know, how do you eat an elephant? I'm sure all educators have heard, heard that and probably <laughs> yeah. said it. Uh, how do you eat one bite at a time? And, you know, so it's like if you are willing to begin with where am I now? Lay those things out and then you can make intelligent decisions to shift your money to the places that it has the most power to change that the future outcomes. You know, so if you can nail down the key things that are eating, for example, high interest rates and things like that, you know, and laying that out, it's a very empowering experience uh, for people 
even though it is scary, it is empowering if they, if they can walk it through. Um, and then, you know, deciding where am I going to put my money to work? You know, if I can set X amount of money to the side for a future property to own or for an investment I want to make or for a business I want to start in my garage, it, you know, once you're clear and you, you know, utilize the sheets and, and whatever other, there's so many great, you know, apps and things nowadays uh, that are so helpful. And then what am I saving towards? Where am I going to put my money uh, so that it makes me money? You know, it's always, uh, I'm always like, oh goodness, you have how much money just sitting there and not doing anything with it? That's such a, you know, what a bummer, you know, because I, I like to put money to work and let it work for me over time, you know, so so that's, but I also talk about how debt is, uh, I really believe that that it's it's a sense of slavery, you know, it's like you, when you are heavily indebted, indebted to banks uh, and, and other lending type of people or institutions, uh, that it can control you in a very unhealthy way. And that's where I talk about, you know, it's, it's uh, like for in my home building company, I have to accept that I'm always going to be borrowing millions of dollars. Um, and that was not always easy for me to accept the reality. Um, you know, but I, I'm thankful for the co other companies <laughs> that, that I don't have to do that. Right. You know, it makes me appreciate, you know, Simon Studios, uh, who is, a, you know, our branding, uh, brand strategy, brand management company with Ethel De La Cruz. Like, we don't have to borrow millions of dollars just to exist. And that is such a joy. Uh, you know, Fit Realty, my real estate brokerage, we don't have to borrow millions of dollars just to exist, you know? And so that's why I say, you know, choose, uh, you know, if you do want to step out in the entrepreneurial journey, you want to, you know, look at your options and weigh the cost. Many times we don't want to count the real cost and the cost is not just money. You know, the cost is the time, the time that it may take away from your family, the time uh, and energy it might take at nights and weekends that you weren't used to doing, uh, you know, things like that. It, it's, and it, it's so awesome because you get into all this great advice about, you know, not, not just the budgeting, but looking at the different places for your, your, your money, um, whether it's saving, investing, you talk a little bit about each of those. Uh, it, it's, and it's so important because a lot of times, you know, and I hate to say this, but as um, when we uh, journey away from uh, our home life, our home, whether it's with parents, whoever the family was, and we go out on our own, sometimes we don't want to listen to family. <laughs> and so we need somebody to give us some advice that we can trust is not uh, um, them just trying to put something else in their pocket and uh, mm -hmm. at our expense. And I think that uh, you give some great advice in this chapter. So uh, I, I like it. And it's uh, um, definitely a, a chapter that uh, um, someone would want to read to get some ideas about uh, budgeting and how to deal with the money and so forth and uh, love it. You know, at the very end of your book, you have a section that is called positive affirmations. It starts with this first bullet point. I dare to boldly stay true to my dreams and not allow every thought that floats through my head, nor my emotions stop me from dreaming, planning and acting on my goals and dreams. Why did you include this section? You know, as I, as I had finished the, the book and, and I was sitting and reflecting on some Sundays and just feeling like there was something that was missing 
And, uh, and I was like, you know, let me reach back to uh, what, at, over these years, what are those real things that are so simple that I really have used, but unconsciously, you know how you're unconsciously competent, but you know, that whole process of, of adult learning. And I, and I, I, I look back and I said, these certain ideas and concepts are what helped me get through the hardest times of my real estate journey of my entrepreneurship journey. Um, and so I wanted to try to communicate, uh, some of those and what is maybe like five or eight of them in there. And some of them very simple, like activity does not equal productivity. I will focus on productivity. And like, that was a real cycle. Um, over the last 18 years, I remember there are uh, certain years that I focused too much on activity, not on productivity, you know, and I'm like, how, how do you communicate that and help people to, uh, to know that that would save you the couple years that it cost me. Um, and then I dare to dream of a new season of my life. Seasons change and so must I. Um, and this one was one that helped me through, I would say, one of the hardest years that I've ever experienced. And that was as I had, I had to realize, to, I had to tear down parts of the organizational structure and do a rebuilding because technology, because of the change in the marketplace for real estate uh, brokerages. And that was ex that my dream wouldn't be just how I thought. I had to be flexible. I had seasons change and so must I, you know? And so that was part of me rising out of my ashes of that particular season, you know? So and I could go on for hours on each one, but <laughs> that's okay. I, I love it. I mean, this is each, each one of them is probably, you know, its own chapter in a book. And uh, if there's going to be another, another book that you may write, because <laughs> it's, it's incredible what you have here. And I mean, like one of my favorites is I will no longer blame my failures on my family, friends, or those who have hurt me and held me back. You know, I'm the only one to answer for my life. I, you know, and it, it goes on. And I just, uh, I love these affirmations at the end. I think they fit with the whole focus on the dream building and going after it and uh, saying that you got to start at some point. So good stuff. You know, one of the things that I really like about your book is that you have a series of worksheets that, you know, these are, once you finished the, the chapters, you have these, these worksheets that you've included. Could you talk about these and why you included them? Yeah, it was, one of the limitations of, of a book, as you, as you know, is adult learning is not just putting in information into our minds. And so I was struggling with that reality that, okay, I'm doing a book, but is it going to change lives? Is it going to impact people? Is it going to actually make a difference? And so one of the big things that I had learned through that coaching program and all that and my master's and doctorate, because it was very much, it was a, a relational journey, an authentic journey. Um, and it was where hard questions were supposed to be asked and unpacked, you know. And so through that, I watched so many people grow and myself grow uh, faster, uh, pick up on stuff quicker. And it was, I, so I did that in a small hope of creating a dialogue for adult learning. Uh, because if people, 
were to sit and, and begin to say, okay, well, he's got a spot here. What are my, you know, let, it's time to dream. Let me write about my dream. Now it's time for goals. Now it's time for how do I turn my goal into a smart goal, you know? And then I have some parts of the grow model, you know, inside of there. So goal, reality, options, and will. So I use some of those coaching uh, elements that I had learned back in while I was getting my master's and doctorate. And because I use them myself every week of my life. So I'm like, if I, I have these things have led the direction of my companies and how do I communicate that in a book uh, knowing that I can't get on the phone and coach everybody. And I, you know, like how, how do I help people take a book and use it to uh, actually make a difference in, in the, in themselves. And so that, that's why I did it. They're, they're awesome because they're easy to read. They're easy to understand. And you take, you know, some of the major aspects of the book and you put them into these uh, worksheets where you sim simply follow the instructions and you fill in the numbers or the information that's asking for. And it gives you some ideas about where you're going, which I love it. It's it. And it does, it, it helps the reader solve or at least approach the problem that they're trying to address, which is very cool. Giving someone tools like that is an excellent, excellent teaching idea. So good stuff. The, uh, you. you're, you're welcome. And you know, before we go, if someone wanted to connect further with you, Brian, where would you send them? And, and also, would you like to share a little bit about what they'll find at your website, briansimon.com, and where they can get a copy of your book, The Real Estate Journey, from dreaming and home buying to realty and entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, if you go to briansimon.com, I have some free downloads that you can uh, pull down, and one will come out every week for you once you sign up for the first, you know, gives you an overview of each chapter, but it's also a bit of a breakdown with some worksheets. Um, I'm coming out with a coaching program um, that, and I'm keeping it so affordable uh, because I'm doing it just like, it just, it's part of that whole, the, is a book enough, you know? So I took it a little bit further and I had uh, my home building partner's son, who's a Liberty University student, come to town one weekend and we shot a string of videos for a couple weekends. And so I'm going to have this, uh, it's a hands-on, you know, where it's more of helping people lay out their, their goals and their smart goals and talking about legacy. Cause I didn't get into legacy in the book, uh, the way that I would have loved to have, I mentioned it, but it not as deep. So I wanted to get into those deeper heart issues of like legacy. Um, so you can, uh, if you reach out there, you can just say, Hey, Brian, I would like to uh, know when this comes out. I'm aiming for December 16th, which I just picked because it was my birthday. Just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, so, but on the way, on that website, briansimon.com, they can also click to visit each of my companies and the key companies. So Simon Studios, a great branding uh, company with Ethel Dela Cruz, and then my home building company and Fit Realty uh, as well. And so those, so it's a, just a good place to kind of get to know uh, me. And uh, you can connect in any way. And then to grab my book, it should be available everywhere, hopefully. Uh, and so it's in Barnes and Nobles uh, bookstores around the country and in some other countries as well. And uh, but could just jump on, uh, you know, Amazon or Barnes and Nobles online and grab it from there. Excellent. Thank you so much. And so I have two last questions to ask. And the first one goes like this. If you had a chance to talk with an audience of educators who were thinking of using real estate investments as an additional income source, 
What's one piece of advice you would give them in starting? I would say that, you know, look at the facts. Where am I now? How much money do I have to work with? You know, am I going to utilize my home equity line? Do I have X amount of money set aside? You know, so what are the facts? You know, I had a dear friend of mine, John Garvin, who I actually mentioned in the book, we grew up together on that same side of the hill. Uh, and he's a professor at West Point Academy out in New York uh, now. And um, he, you know, his, he called me not very long ago and said, man, I'm ready. I'm ready, bud. I'm ready. I want to get into real estate, but I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to put a lot of time in. What should I do? I said, dude, you know, cause he has a decent amount of money set to the side. I said, dude, multifamily for you is the way to go and then hire a property manager. You know, it's like my company can help you pick the property and then, but you need to have somebody manage it. But multifamily, if, if people have the resources to do that, uh, is really awesome because, you know, people are choosing to rent versus buy, particularly millennials and, and different folks in different stages of life. And so by having multifamily, it's a way to uh, know that as the market goes up and down, people are still going to have to pay to live in the place that you're renting to them. And multifamily creates the simplest way for long-term income uh, versus I, I love single, uh, single family residential, you know, and that's part of how my dad was able to set up his retirement. Uh, but uh, single family residential is a great way to start, but it does have some limitations. You can only get so far with a single property. You know, if you're only able to purchase a one or one every four years or whatever your financial situation is. Uh, so if people are able to grab a multifamily, that that's the way I would tend to lean them because uh, it's a steady, you know, once that mortgage is paid off, you have like what could be a pretty legit, you know, monthly income. And so it's a, it's a great goal, but every rental property counts, you know, so if you can pick something up, uh, whether it be a tax auction or negotiating hard off of the MLS, you know, that's, that's the beginning of it. Excellent. Thank you so much for, for that advice. And so here's my last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Well, I guess in this situation, I did get to say thank you probably because uh, I mentioned him in my book, actually off and on throughout my book. Uh, and that was uh, Larry Abraham. Uh, and he was, uh, he was my elementary principal which is so crazy. But over a period of years, you know, we more connected, uh, reconnected when I was in uh, coming out of high school. And him and my dad had gotten to be uh, friends a little bit. And he started to take me to uh, car auctions and spend hours in the car with me, asking me hard questions, uh, pushing me, challenging me, um, there were days I would go home and just lay in my bed like, Oh my gosh, you know, it just, he would blow my mind. And we, I just, father Abraham is, is, uh, how we lovingly referred to him, my dad and my family and those of us who knew him. And he is, uh, he is an awesome guy, but it started as my principal and he saw something in me. And from when I was young, he, he would push me. He just knew that I needed to be challenged, you know, and he, he kept that up throughout my whole life all the way till now. Uh, every, I'll give him a call 
every so many months. And when I'm in town in West Virginia to visit family, I'm always, he's my top of my list to go pop over. And, uh, so it's, it is a powerful thing when people love you without a hook in it. And that's what I think the teachers who invested into me through the years, uh, particularly at Regent University, I did have some professors who took me under wing, uh, like Jim Flynn, Joseph Umidi, and they saw something in me that I hoped was there, but wasn't sure, you know, and they gave, they gave me opportunities that were beyond what I thought people would give me at the age that I was. And that's part of what gave me the confidence to dive in and be a crazy entrepreneur. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, Brian, I can't say enough uh, about uh, talking with you today. This is, this has been incredible. You you have an awesome book, the real estate journey from dreaming and home buying to reality and entrepreneurship has amazing advice for uh, all my listeners. And, uh, and, uh, you know, on entrepreneurship, buying homes, selling real estate and achieving dreams. And I love that part about, uh, just focusing on, you know, you gotta, you gotta start and you gotta put those, those negative voices aside and, and go after it. And, you know, I'm wishing you the best in all that you do. Thank you, Steve. And I truly appreciate you having me on today. And I really hope that, uh, there's some nuggets in here for your many listeners around the world, uh, to take away. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.